Welcome to the Male Fertility Podcast, a podcast designed to help, support and educate men as they go through their own fertility struggles. I'm Kieran. And I'm Sean. And we'll do that by sharing our stories of what we went through, as well as having guests share their knowledge and experience. Right, let's get into today's episode. Hi, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Long time no speak. I know. We've uh, Little do the listeners know that we talk regularly and pretty much every day about four or five times a day <laughs> planning yeah. stuff for the podcast and just general discussions about life eh exactly and then today we were uh guests on another podcast which was nice yeah it was first one we've done together yeah like, uh, officially um, yeah exactly yeah, so it was really nice man yeah I, um, yeah it was good you know we're getting good. a lot of, lot of contact from people now wanting us on there and it was you know the word spreading that there's a there's a male fertility podcast and we've we've got something to share and to say exactly and 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 you know that that's is that's our aim summed up there that the word is spreading because it's about getting that word out there getting that support out there so yeah it's all good and uh yeah as we are there's we haven't really got much of an update really apart from that have we we've everything's well we're in the new year now everything's started up and again and you know up and running and here we are yeah, yeah, things are great. Um, we had a bit of an up and down week in terms of uh, kids not being too well and stuff, but hey, that's it comes with the territory, doesn't it? Hmm. Hasn't but, affected you though, machine. No, we're we're going, mate. We're going. We still we keep going. We don't stop. You know that yeah. alarm still goes off at five o'clock, and I still get up and I go to the gym, nice. even if even if I've only had an hour and a half sleep, because <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what it feels like some days. I've started at that new gym I was talking about now. It's a bit like CrossFit y. So I'm splitting yeah. my time between like weight training and doing the odd kind of class with them. But I go at six and then come home, get in the ice bath and uh get going. It's I love it. Like we've got into this before. I'm not gonna spend too much time <laughs> bath again. But like literally when I'm in there, it's dark, it's seven AM and I'm getting in four degree ice water. Yeah. Just it's it's really it's incredible and like I've got used to it quickly. I've acclimatized. I can control my breathing within about 20 seconds now. And I stay amazing. in up to five minutes now. I've got up to. That's amazing. Yeah. Right? And it's just like those small steps. Like it, yeah. when you first get in, it's a proper shock. But yeah. actually, like you just breathe through it, don't you? I saw, um, I was scrolling Instagram the other day and I came across uh, a Joe Rogan. And he, uh, like where he lives at the moment, that the air temperature is colder than the water. So actually yeah. getting in the, the ice bath was warmer than the air temperature. Like it, yeah. was, mad. it was mad. <laughs> it was that's, like... that's quite that's quite common with the sea. Like I, I get in the sea quite often, even this time of year. So the sea is at its coldest in in England around March, right. Right, when it goes down to about nine degrees. Yeah. You think of the air temperature in March. I mean, this week, like it's been, like I think they said on the news last night, it was the coldest night for 14 years. So it, it's weird because you're getting into something and it's still cold. Don't get me wrong. I'm not get, saying you're getting in the sea and it feels like a, a warm bath. It's not, it's still cold water and because no, it, no, no. it like immerses your body and it, it sends your, or, or like your blood rush into your vital organs. But that's part of the, the healthy thing of it is that it's kind of like giving you a, a flush out from all of your, your nerve endings and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's, it is weird when you get out of the sea or get out of my ice bath out into colder air but you you're, you're feeling like good like you know yeah. fully 
like I'm always red from the neck down from from it. But yeah, it's like a but anyway, let's uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then honestly, then getting a warm shower after it's exhilarating, and to do all that before my family's even woken up is just incredible. It's like someone was um, asking me about it on Instagram the other day, and I, I said to him, "Yeah, it's all about eating the frog early," and he said excuse me <laughs> i said oh there's there's a saying called um i i, I wouldn't know it verbatim but it's if if you have to eat a frog which is obviously going to be a horrible thing to do it's best to get it out of the way in the morning first thing yeah. because then you've done it you've got that accomplishment and what can possibly be worse for the rest of the day than eating a frog that's <laughs> it's a silly saying but I'll take eat the frog i'll take your word on that yeah yeah i've never eaten a frog no i've well i suppose i've had frog legs in uh france but um yeah and because that's the thing like say you're trying to develop new habits for example like the gym or you want to incorporate a bit of cold water therapy if you think right i'll do it tonight or i'll go to the gym after work or whatever and you don't really want to do it you've got that you you are then wrestling with it all day so then it's that that increased kind of dread of it it just builds to get up, get it done, and, and just smash it out, and then you're done. And and that habit then stacks because that you, if for example it is fitness, what you want to incorporate in, you do it early, and then you're more likely then to carry on good habits throughout the rest of the day, like your eating and stuff like that. And I'm sure this is probably something you talk about all the time with your your clients. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely is. It's about getting it done. Well, when you're fresh, it means that you've done it. There, there will be no excuses. We've all been there. Like you have the best intentions to do it after work. I'll do that later, and then you get tired, or you have a bad yeah. day at work, or something goes wrong, uh, and it it's easy to make the excuse. Yeah, um, but the world always wants you. It wants your attention. It wants your energy. And yeah. when I say the world, it's people in it, or social media, your phones. So if you can get up and do it before the world has taken over, before those emails are coming in from work, before you're scrolling on on Instagram or whatever, which is addictive, and that's the why we are programmed to pick up our phones first thing and stuff. But if you can battle against that and have no distractions, just do what it is that you're setting out to do, whatever your frog is, get up and eat it before the world and all of its wants can take over. Yeah, yeah there's, there's there's real power in that. Hundred percent. And you, you you've um achieved before the day's begun and that's yeah. a, a powerful powerful thing i also my favorite time of the day is the morning like when no one else is up i mm. used to do a lot of running first thing in the mornings and i used to get up, i mean get up at half four and go for a run and people think oh that's early you know you're mad but that was my time it was mm. my time before the world wanted to demand on me um and quite often like i crawl into bed at nine half nine so actually i still get my my sleep <laughs> You know, I just don't stay up till 11 or 12. I get I get down, get my head down because yeah. I prefer to be up in the morning. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think that came from knowing what I needed. And yeah. I, I've kind of crafted that. And I think that kind of brings us on well to our, our topic today. Uh, and that is uh, acceptance and mindset. Mm. Um, it's a very important topic. Uh, and I know it's one that's, you know, quite close to your heart in terms of the mindset type of things and the acceptance um you've talked uh throughout this podcast and on on other platforms about how you went through quite a journey of acceptance which has kind of yeah. led to where you are today isn't it buddy 
Yeah, exactly. And like, not only did it that perspective shift and that mindset shift get me through the infertility, but it's now essentially what I'm making a career out of it in like with my coaching and helping other chaps who are also going through it get through to the other side and not mm. just get through it, not just survive it, but but really push on and, and become a better version of yourself because that's what I became was stronger and and more resilient and, and that's exactly what I help guys do and I'm, I'm sure I'll probably touch upon how that I do that within the episode but I mean essentially when it comes to the overarching element of acceptance that is the last phase of, of grief like so we've touched upon in the previous episodes how we, we were grieving going through infertility and fertility struggles which is completely natural and the kind of classic five steps of that being in well acceptance being the last one the other four in no particular order being denial blame anger depression and i I said before how i kind of flitted between all those and i was being dragged into them often and and we uh, actually i said about a new diagram that i found which was completely true and that you know they're the five classic signs and symptoms of, of grief that we go through in the stages but I, I found a diagram before where it's got a lot more like numbness shock fear um disorganization panic loneliness we talked about that before but uh, you know mm. th- there is a lot more to it but let, taking that um that classic those five which were, i think were developed by elizabeth cuba ross if i'm that's yeah, that, that's just that, pulling yeah, that, that from rings, the memory bank. That rings a bell. That rings a bell because yeah. I've done reading around it as well. Yeah, but I mean, I, I found with the first four, they were interchangeable. I was being dragged through them. Sometimes I didn't know. I didn't know what it was at first. Which, not to go over old ground too much, but I was just angry. I didn't know why. I was I was pinning on other things that work. But once I kind of realised that I was going through something, and and I. And, as I started to find out that it was most likely grief, because again, you don't attribute grief to, to fertility struggles at first, but mm. then it's realizing that it is a massive loss. Acceptance was by far the hardest thing to reach because ultimately you are accepting a new reality and, and that is, it's hard. It's really hard to get there and it takes a lot of action. It takes a lot of very willful and courageous action to get there. And I think for me, I kind of um I had this I did I did two two aspects of getting there really f- because what I realized what I acknowledged was that along with what I was losing in terms of my ability to pass on my DNA my my and have biological children I was losing a lot of my identity a lot of my self-worth and so at first it was like trying to rebuild that and and you do that, I, I think, or how certainly how I did it, was by asking myself some really searching questions, like, uh, you know, who am I? Who that's huge, you know. Who am I? Who am I to others? Who am I to my wife? Who am I to my parents? Who do I want to be as a father if I get there? Um, what are the best aspects of me? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What do I want to develop? and push on with and and eradicate as well like kind of past behaviors and Mm. then when when you really start asking yourself like searching questions such as that we don't like how often do we do that in in normal life if you know what i mean like it's only when you go through something huge that you really do that 
Yeah, it's, you know, I heard you talking about it the other, the other week for the first time about how you kind of looked at it like that in detail. And it brought a completely different view to me in terms of how, how it was approached. I think a lot of men think about what they're going to lose you know, in, in certain areas, like whether, you know, with your fertility, what am I losing? But actually the more important question is what do I want to be? What do I want to get out of this? And yeah. how do I, how can I move forward with it? Because it is what it is. And and um, for me, this isn't like, it wasn't a one-stop shop. It wasn't something that, I mean, this is the first time I did it to get mm. through a life-changing event and a very traumatic event, but I still do it now every day, you know, yeah. I'm years down the line. And so I, I, I have this uh, app where I write down every day. Um, like at the end of the day, I do reflections and yeah. I'll, I'll bring up my, my evening ones. What? So I, I developed these myself. Um, like, like it's literally three questions. Did I make progress towards my goals and visions? Um, was I the husband and father I want to be? And what could I have done better? So every day I, I write that down and it's all about being brutally <laughs> honest. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes it, it's hard. Um, I mean, like sometimes it's very positive. Like for example, I'm just looking at one here. Was I the husband and father I want to be? Yes. You know, I've gone into like what I did that day, which, but then like, what could I have done better? got up earlier you know it's, it's yeah but but that that is every day is that reflection but this i had to do this on a big scale to kind of re it's just like i had the the layers of my own onion all peeled yeah. off and i'm back i'm at the core it, it was a chance to really look take a, a close and, and or a long hard look at myself and, and establish like for the answer to those questions for example who, who am i yeah. being the big one and once you start answering those and and you really, really realize, get get an idea of who you are, you can then start reapplying those layers like a coat of armor then becomes a shield. And it's like, right, if I can own this, and that's what it comes down to, it's real ownership, then no one has got anything on me. Like yeah. this this is gonna this is and 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 I had this like all the time, this other voice, which was I call it like my inner Goggins now. Have you, you know, David Goggins? Oh yeah. Who's going to carry the boats, buddy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like absolute lunatic. Like, you know, he does 4,000 pull-ups for yeah, yeah. a girl, a Guinness world record thing. But so I've got this inner Goggins and, and he's always on my shoulder. Yeah. And, and what he was saying to me at the time was, who are you like, what is holding you back here? Like who, who are you bothered about this? Because, what I realized was that a lot of the times I was bothered about other people's opinions of what yeah. I was going through. And I heard this quote once and it, and it, you know, as life changing as my diagnosis was in one respect, this quote was life changing in others. And, um, I, I don't know who said it. I so I, I kind of, um, I have to apologize to whoever coined this, but it's, I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. <laughs> yeah. So essentially it's, we, we live our lives worrying about what other people are thinking about us. And I realized that a lot of what I was struggling with was 
based on what I thought other people were thinking about me or would think about yeah. my infertility. And that, that was a real kind of um, light bulb moment because firstly, like why am I basing my life judged on what other people I'd perceive other people to be thinking about me? And secondly, it was a realization that generally other people, other than like, you know, your close loved ones really aren't thinking about you anyway. We think that yeah. the world, the life is, is the movie of, of Sean and that everyone else, it's like the Truman Show, that everyone's watching me, but they're not. Everyone's got their own worries, their own concerns, their own problems, and, and they're not thinking about everything that I'm going through. You know, your closest family, your closest friends, of course, are, because that's why they are there. But Fred from the office or whoever, you know, they're not thinking about me as much as my ego is <laughs> telling me they are. <laughs> Do you know, this is, um, this is amazing, because we've never really talked about this kind of topic in loads of detail. And it's the same for me. Like I had this almost like an epiphany at some point where I was like, I'm, I'm trying to please people or convince people that I'm okay when really they couldn't give a shit. Like the person who walks past you in the street, the person who hands you your prescription, the person that you post that little sperm sample through in the letterbox because you've got to do something. They don't care. They don't care mm. who you are. And it's a kind of real realization. We all walk around in our own little Truman show and no one cares. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's it's a big thing to to kind of get your head around. Like you have an yeah. interaction with someone and before you've left their vision, nine times out of 10 people have forgotten the yeah. conversation. And it's um, like, think about how many thousands of people I've probably interacted with through my whole lifetime. The only people I can name and can tell you I have are people that are directly in my life. Like, yeah. uh, everything else doesn't matter. Um, so it's an incredible thing. And I, I distinctly remember having that thought. I am trying to please people that don't really care what's going on in my life. What I need to do is focus on me and the people in my life, um, which yeah. is exactly what you've just echoed, mate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, that inner Goggins was great, really, because there were times where I needed the more, like, kind of therapeutic ways of, like, digging deep and really getting to the crux of who I am and asking myself questions and pondering the answers and writing them down as well. I found that very helpful. But then there was other times where I needed Goggins in my ear, just going, like, stop being a little bitch. Mm. <laughs> like. You know, if you've heard him on pod podcasts, there's exactly the words you use, but it just sounds a lot cooler and harder than what I did saying that. <laughs> well, as you say it and chuckle at the end, I don't yeah. think Goggins chuckles. No, no. I don't no, know if that man can laugh, mate. I don't well, know. you know, as soon as I said it, I was like, I'm not even convincing myself here. No. But uh, no, I'm definitely not Goggins. It was, but, you know, ultimately that's what I was saying to myself. But it was, it was, you know, I was asking myself questions, but I was telling myself stuff as well, like telling myself, this does not define you. This is yeah. not who you are. This is, you you are not now going to be known as Sean the infertile man or or azuspermia Sean or something. I'm still Sean. I'm mm. still a husband. I still want to be a father and I know I've got so much to give. And ultimately it came down to to a choice. And like this is the hardest thing that I had to deal with was acknowledging that there's one choice to be made here is do I let it consume me? Do I let it take over my whole life forevermore? 
or do I just go, do you know what? Fuck this. Fuck infertility. I'm moving on. I'm moving on with you, like in spite of you. And actually, if I can, and you know, I I couldn't said this at the time, but I remember thinking, if I can, I'll I'll thrive in in spite of this. But it was just about uh, fuck this. I'm I'm off. I've been dealt this hand. I can't trade it in. This is the hand that I've been dealt. There's no redeals. There's no shuffles or whatever. I'm not a gambler. I don't know the terms. But this is the hand I've been dealt, and I'm going to play it the best I can. The key to getting ahead of the game with your fertility is to understand where you're starting from. The earlier you test, the better you can plan for the future or take immediate action now. As we and others have experienced, waiting to get tests via the doctor can take a long time. Exceeds at home sperm tests make it easy to get an indication of your sperm health without jumping through all the hoops of testing on the NHS or pay the large fees at private clinics. You don't even have to send a sample through the post. By harnessing your phone's camera with an XE device, you can record a video of your semen for the app to analyze. And just because you do your XE test outside the clinic, it doesn't mean you're left to fend for yourself. XE have medical professionals only a message away that can answer any questions that you have about your result, make suggestions on how to improve your sperm quality or how to point you in the right direction for your next options. This can also be conducted via a free video consultation to discuss with their team face-to-face. The app will also show you recommendations of anything you can do to improve your sperm quality. You'll get a tailored improvement plan to try and increase your motile sperm count. Testing again over time can help track your changes, improvements or areas that need more focus. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 15% off XSeed products at xseedhealth.com. Just use the code mfp 15 that's MFP15 at the checkout. So whether you're trying for children right now or thinking about it for the future, head to exceedhealth.com to read more about the at-home sperm test. Yeah. And do you know all the you know, people like uh, Goggins that like you've talked about, there's several out there that have really powerful messages about how you know, you've got to switch to... A state of mind which will push you through things and they yeah. they openly talk about um and i've read several books uh, on the topic these are normal guys they have normal thoughts when they wake up in the morning and it's snowing and they gotta go out for a run they don't want to go out it's cold it's horrible but it's 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 taking the control knowing that if i act upon this i'm taking that control i'm not going to let um external factors affect me internally and that's an incredibly hard thing to do like it is uh i think from a society point of view we are set up in a way now where although you know we talk about our mental health and it's important to be open and honest about it um we are also set up for the easier option out sometimes and that's to ignore the issue in the room Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that it wasn't until I took note of that issue in the room, which was my fertility and was my mental state around that, uh, that I, it wasn't until then did I start getting better. Mm. You know? And part of that for me was, was going to therapy and talking, um, because 
that was that was almost like the door was opened. I mm. still had to I still had to step through and climb the thousand stairs in front of me. Yeah, but that was the first step, um, which you know it, it took a lot of. You know, it's going to sound a bit big-headed, this, but it, it took a lot of courage for me. It took everything out of me. Yeah, mate, it's it's not big-headed at all. It's, it's, I think it's the first thing I said is acceptance is, is willful. You yeah, have yeah. to will it. You have to take action, and it's courageous. Yeah. And you've drawn upon it there, our old friend talking, because yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a theme that runs through all of our episodes because it's the, the, the thing that got us both out of a hole and... Mm. It, neuroscience has proven that talking shifts the blood in our brain so when you're in fear and anxiety that activates the amygdala which is the the part of our brain it's only about the size of a walnut but mm. it, has, it has so much power it's the part of our brain that is all based on fear and anxiety and it activates the fight or flight uh, reactions that we have mm. it's long established it's been there since we were men you know like man was man and we had to have it because if the bushes were rustling when we're out on a hunt, when we're cavemen, it's likely to be a lion. That's yeah. what that is. It's like that's what sends tingles down your spine to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, yeah. we've got that now in in this modern age. It's still there. We haven't evolved it out. We still need it because there's still risk at the world in the world. But what we are exposed to now is a, is a lot more stuff that triggers that. And like you said, um, you know, we, we live in a comfort crisis. We go through this life now, and it's easy. Life is generally quite easy. We can get food delivered to our door at the touch of a few buttons. We can do what we want, watch what we want, travel around the world. You know, this is all within reason and, and within means, but we live in a very comfortable world with comfortable beds, comfortable duvets. And yeah. when something and when unchosen suffering hits us, and it will, it, it gets everyone. There is no one that goes through life all fine and dandy. But when unchosen suffering hits us is how do we get out of it and how do we build that resilience and, and that's exactly what you touched upon it's earlier as well it's like getting up at 4 30 and, and doing something you don't want to do and it's building that self-belief back up and for me and i'm really hesitant to talk about it because it's become such a kind of a wanky theme but cold water was something that really helped me i started doing cold showers when i was in the deepest of pits of infertility and I think I just read about it, about kind of, yes, there's health benefits and everyone knows that like cold is better for your, your sperm than, than than like hot tubs and saunas, etc. So there's the physical side, but I read about the mental side of it and it's doing something you don't want to do. And I started doing 10 seconds at the end of my shower and then added on 10 seconds each time. And then I got to the point where two minutes was the absolute bare minimum that I'd do. And I did it every day for 18 months without missing a day. And yeah. Not one single day did I get in the shower and think, I can't wait to do that cold shower. And I would quite often be talking myself out of it. Like literally that internal voice is, yeah, well, not even that. Before I've got in it, I'd be like, don't worry about doing that today. You've done X amount of days in a row or a year in a row or whatever. Don't worry. You've you've earned enough to have a day off. And then it's funny because this is genuinely, maybe I'm just mad, but this is what happened in my mind. Then my mind would go, right. You've said that now. There's no way you're getting out of this. You are doing it. And I, this is genuinely conversations that would have that I'd have in my mind. And and so I'd do it. And I never once felt worse after doing it. It's all yeah. that kicking in before that doubt or that 
what a fear and you know it's horrible doing it but once you've done it it's exhilarating because it releases endorphins and you get the dopamine from having done it but that is resilience building and and that accompanied with other aspects like i was saying like kind of the, the inner work is where like you said it opens the door or you know it's the first step you've still got a thousand steps to go but talking and guess what it's huge but it doesn't work on its own i don't think i think you still have to take a lot of actions talking is is kind of like key but on its own i don't think is enough it's about positive action yeah moving forward yeah i think there's um once again i think it may be a, a society thing we a lot of people talk about things but actually do what you say yeah. you know it's um i always say to um people that say sorry to me right sorry about that i didn't mean to do that i say don't don't say sorry just don't do it again you know if you say sorry and then do it again a sorry means nothing yeah but if you say you know what I'm sorry about that. I won't do it again or I need to do this next time. And you actually deliver on it. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words, don't they? Absolutely. Um, And it comes down to that. An action is taking control. Yeah. Talking is valuable. So valuable. And and the important first step, but actually taking action on those words is almost sometimes harder than actually the talking. Because yeah. you get used to the, saying the same thing. This is how I'm feeling. This is how I'm feeling. Okay. Well, what are you going to do about it now? And we've mm. we talked about previously about how men have that kind of mindset, isn't it? I could, I've got a problem. All right, I need to fix it. Yeah. You know, if you if you hang around in that I've got a problem and just talk about it for too long, you're stalling and you'll end up feeling worse. Yeah. You have to identified the problem and as a man we have this natural ability to to just want to figure it out and yeah fix it which obviously with male fertility or fertility in general you know it's easier said than done with some you know it's not possible um but for example you mate like you had your diagnosis you could have sat and just sat there with that information and not done anything about it but actually you were proactive and used your own knowledge and your own motivation to push yourself through it you know and what was next for you okay i've got this information what's next for me really powerful thing so talk about it but actually act on it um and that takes time like i'm not saying it's as easy as going i've got this issue this is what i'm going to do about it um it's about that processing yeah exactly and and that's exactly what i work with my clients on is 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 that processing and and the action and the sustained progression as well yeah. because it's it, you couldn't have summed it up better but it's one thing saying you're going to do something it's another thing doing it and and that's often like just in the first session is i'll be talking for example and and getting to know them but and often it would have taken so long for them to come to that point of talking. It, it is like a release and it is, it's, it's mm. great. And you can see people's physiology change when they're finally unloading. And then it's like, okay, right. Where do we go from here? And and that's what I work with guys. And, and it's getting to that point is getting on the, that, that stairway again, to bring it back to your, your analogy that, that those thousand steps, you can literally only take one at a time and yeah. let's do it together and, and I'll be there to hold you accountable and, and guide you along the way. And 
and, and keep that that onward progression because that's men we need that we need forward progression when you know human beings we are i think we're about 66 percent water might even be more yeah, yeah we are like when, 60 odd percent water yeah yeah and what happens to water when it stays still it gets stagnant stay stale man. yeah exactly so we are uh, as humans we are developed and designed to make onward progression and, and keep getting better and it's like something like this like infertility or you know only trauma is it's like a heart attack where the heart stopped beating it's in that that uh, fibrillation state but you need a defibrillator to to give it a jolt and and like okay let's get it going again let's let's get back in that river get pumping and progress because everyone can do it like you know we're proof of that we know so many other men that are guys i work with guys you work with you can not just get through it but you can thrive in spite of it yeah and it's an amazing thing like i've talked talked to thousands of men now and the ones that have been through it you get some that really struggle with it they always will because you know it is such a tough thing but a large percentage of guys that go through it they do thrive at the end they're like they they become a better version of themselves yeah but when you're in that trenches like you can't see that you can't see yeah. you know you can't see over the trench <laughs> yeah uh, you know I, I described it as feeling like i'm face down in the mud and i just can't get up mm. you know yeah to the external world i maybe not smiling as much but inside i, I was fucking dying mate like, yeah i don't know that's i'll come on to that point in a minute but to go back to your trench analogy and I'll, I'll pick that one up and run with it but that's great because okay so you're in the trench and then when you get to the point where you, you get to the top you 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 will not make progression by looking backwards you have to then move forwards what's behind you you can't change it's happened and then it comes down to the choice and and so you know run with that it's forward you know you just yeah. you go and and that that is where healing is that's where acceptance is and that's where growth is and and that's what i slowly found my way to and you know we're talking here in what's probably be a, a 45 minute podcast episode but we are both summarizing years of pain so yeah. we're not trying to diminish how hard it is or and we're not saying that it's easy you have to do it is hard and but we're, what we're saying is that it can happen and it will happen if, if you allow it to rather than just staying in that state because and I want to pick up on that second point you said, because you're saying like, you know, you're out smiling and being Kieran, but then what's beneath the surface is really struggling. And that is, it's like an iceberg. You're showing that bit above the water and everything below is being attacked. And and again, that's what I had to re readjust and, and work on myself. Like when I was going through it, because essentially what we're presenting in, in, like public and and to our friends to our family that is the, the all the above the surface stuff but what goes into it is our beliefs our kind of uh our coping strategies the things that we we we've been told by parents peers society and that has molded us into who we are mm-hmm. but actually sometimes that's really detrimental and often it takes something something big in our lives like like saying unchosen suffering whatever kind that is 
it takes that for us to really then have to take stock of what our stuff below the surface is and, and how we readdress that and cut out those repeating patterns of negative behavior those negative thoughts and just like a loop because yeah. whatever you're thinking and feeling that's what you're doing as well and that's what cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy is all about is yeah. it's about breaking that chain and putting in new thoughts feelings and, and new behaviors as a result and that's where your your new thinking comes from your new habits and it just goes around and and it, it is self-perpetuating and and it's all about getting to the, the real crux of who you are and, and readdressing and, and eliminating the, the negative points because we can all change yeah i think i think that's a really powerful thing like everyone can change there's very few people in the world that are broken enough or they're so broken they can't change um and you know their fertility will be the least of their problems i expect but um if if i was to say what what would you have done i'm gonna ask you a little question because i'm quite intrigued right? what would you have done if a 28 year old kieran had turned up at your door one needed some coaching and i was just like but mate i've had enough i'm done i need some help help me get out of this hole what what what's the first thing you would have said to me in terms of is there a specific program you'd follow with me or is it a case of seeing what i need as an individual how how would you look at that to get the right answer for me it's it's all about you it's not about me helping you if you, well, of course it is but it's not about me trying to influence you at all i would be asking you questions like okay so what is it you haven't had enough with? Why have you not had enough? Like you've got, and, and sometimes it, it's, you know, I have to ask challenging questions and, and challenge your your perceptions because again, it's, it's you'll be in that negative loop there. If you get to that point of having, thinking you've had enough, mm. well, why? And and it's, you know, it's quite, quite hard to, give a, a really full answer to you know that limited information but like you know we could do a almost a dummy session but yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, would, I would need more information from you about okay what it what is it that, that that's led you there and start to look for the clues about what i feel it is that would lead you out of it and how we can progress forward from there yeah because it's it, it's something that was the external thinking that went on in my head it was like what what have, I, what have I had enough of? Like, what what is wrong? Yeah. Um, and you know, I I got that through my therapy and through my counselling. Um, but it, I think it's something that often men really struggle with. It's that first bit of the puzzle, isn't it? Like trying yeah. to find it. Um, and just having someone help you guide you is a phenomenal thing. Yeah. Um, well, and that's what I do is. By and large, everyone knows the answers themselves, but yeah. you cannot find them when you are stuck in, in this jumble in your head and you, you've put on these layers of, of masculinity and of like telling your, your other half that I don't need help, I'm fine. And suddenly when, when you open up and that's where like the answers are really. And, and, and I help identify those and build on them and again it comes down to your self-worth and and, and, and your self-belief and and reapplying those and and not just the old kieran the 28 year old but you know is is building kieran 2.0 and, yeah. and really 
giving you the tools that you need and and that by and large most people have but it's just about realizing that yeah it's um it's that element of just being overwhelmed isn't it because when you are overwhelmed in any any situation in your life you can't see it I've, i've experienced it obviously in my own personal life but it's the same thing as when you're at work and you've got a thousand things to do and you're trying to figure out what to prioritize you know it's just it's just a different situation um, yeah. but it's the same kind of thing obviously work stresses are quite often like uh, uh, well are very rarely as serious as uh, as what we've gone through and how what we've expect and they don't last as long yeah. but it's that kind of I'm just kind of trying to give it an example of what of what you could relate it to um, that feeling of being overwhelmed is is, is unbelievable I just, yeah. it just comes oh, yeah. and comes it goes down to the layers though it almost like you've talked about you know, we are an onion. We have so many layers, but being overwhelmed can also have so many layers. You know, so it's it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed about my, my fertility, but at the same time, I'm overwhelmed about my work. At the same time, I'm overwhelmed about my, the external people's external opinions of me, you know, of a matter we've already discussed you know they don't really care but you're you're kind of honing in on that it's another layer um yeah and it just well, i i've up, um i've had guys come to me uh for like like about fertility struggles but then i've ended up working with them mostly on work projects mm. and, and because like you're saying there's layers and actually once you address one thing then often there's something else to move on to and 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 what would actually be the biggest stressor right there and then it's about firefighting like and 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 putting it like compartmentalizing everything which is often very hard to do but allowing people to do that and and giving clear strategies for work moving forward and it's um you know it it just gives you a massive sense of perspective as well when when you've got something as big as this going on and and you like now like people say it, it's just like what's it don't sweat the small stuff yeah like god now geez like it's like, I, I'm, I'm almost too blase about anything because you're like you, i just have such an overwhelming sense of perspective of that's a load of bullshit i don't need to worry about that yeah i think um i have a saying at work like people will say do you hear about this and i was like no it doesn't concern me i don't care Hmm. I only concern myself in things that concern me. And it's not just the work, it's everywhere. Like if someone yeah. said, you you hear what's going on over there? No, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. But I think I think that that's come from what I've been through. Like, and my realisation and my understanding of the world. You know, there are, people are very nosy in terms of they want to know what's going on, but actually yeah. they don't really care. So it was kind of like, well, why would I waste my time finding out something that doesn't involve me? Yeah, <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. Like, oh, absolutely. It's, um, it's, it's a very powerful state of mind, and I don't think if you, you know, I, I know you've gone back ten years, I would have been like, oh, I want to know what's going on. I would have been in every single pie trying to figure out. But my experience has taught me to believe, or taught me, yeah, to believe if it doesn't concern me, I'm not getting interested involved yeah um yeah yeah so if you i mean this has been a great discussion mate like i we could literally talk for hours about it and i i do feel that 
it's a topic that we're going to come back to. I think the whole acceptance topic is is fascinating in terms of the stages of acceptance and just kind of different situations how you might get to that. So, for example, your you know, how how you came to accept uh, donor sperm would be different mm. to my my experience of exception because I was accepting something else. It's kind of like completely different yeah. um, situations, but a similar topic. So it'd be interesting at some point to talk about those overlap those. Well, yeah, because it's ultimately, first of all, I had to accept my infertility before I could then move on to even consider donor sperm and accept that. So yeah, each time it, there is, you're hitting new levels and, and, and ultimately by, doing something and overcoming such a huge barrier you are leveling up you what was previously your ceiling of thinking that is you know how do I get there suddenly you go up a floor and becomes the basement or the like the ground floor of the next level up yeah and and and, and you, you you have that proof then that you can overcome something and it's your that's where real self-belief comes from is knowing that you've you've overcome something so big before that the next challenge you've got this yeah so, like I said, mate, I could literally talk for hours about it. It really fascinates me. But um, to kind of bring it to a conclusion, what would you kind of say to people that are listening to this that are maybe struggling with acceptance? How could they help themselves at least take a step towards um, to acceptance? Like, is, is there like a little couple of hints tips just things that you would kind of look for them to be engaging in to maybe help them accept something yeah well i'd say first of all it's trying to shift that thinking from that state of fear and anxiety and like i was saying it by talking and opening up and even if the first step of that is writing stuff down like in a in a book or on your phone or whatever because it does it changes the state and you start when you see for example with writing when you see your thoughts written down and looking back at you suddenly you start to make sense of them a little bit more and and realize that of course like none of us ask to be in the situation but with any terrible situation there's also opportunity and there's an opportunity for you to discover really who you are and and really to discover your inner strength and, and that's what i'd urge anyone to do is start looking inward because like we said earlier in the episode when do we ever really do that and this is the time where you need to do it and you'll be surprised at just how how, how much positivity comes out of that and realizing just how important you are within to, well firstly first form of to, to you as an individual but then to your partner to your and to your family and friends yeah man it's um great words of wisdom there i think you know we talked about it before you've been through it you've experienced it um thanks man like generally uh, there'll be guys out there listening that will want to say that to you um and they can they can contact us and, and thank or just a general conversation if they want to start up those conversations but i'm saying to you cheers buddy i've, I've enjoyed this conversation it's important yeah. for the guys to listen to yeah thank you mate thanks for being the, my partner in crime because you know this is you're keeping me accountable you know this, this is why we do it why we keep turning up and um yeah i, I, I couldn't do it without you quite i frankly. do have a question for you though uh 
who's Batman and who's Robin? Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> maybe maybe the, maybe the listeners can decide. <laughs> I think we'll have to take this off air, but I don't know. I think my attempt to uh, to, to to paraphrase David Goggins earlier clearly put me in the Robin category. Ah <laughs> oh, man, no, no, I've really enjoyed it today. So I think that's a good time where to bring it bring it to an end. I mean, we will cover this topic several times and I'm sure with different people we're going to start having guest series too so we'll bring people into this discussion um, so where can people find us buddy if they want to get a hold of us there's Instagram which is at the male fertility podcast and then there's email and there's an email which is at the male fertility podcast at gmail.com yeah boy yeah man yeah, I've really enjoyed it it's um you know we, we we talk openly don't we and there's there's we often record these things at night and it can be quite at the end of the day we, we're all tired um but we get on there and, and it flows and i get off feeling great i really do yeah you know um so thank you this to is... you mate and thank you to all the listeners for listening you are more than welcome and thanks yeah thanks for everyone for listening and speak again soon yeah speak soon buddy take care cheers bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.